0: Hello everybody, Josh Brown here, back for another great episode on Franchise Euphoria. Well today's episode is brought to you by IndieFranchiseLaw.com, a leading resource in the franchise space to help you if you're considering buying a franchise, turning your business into a franchise. Or growing your business through a licensing or franchise structure. So go on, check it out, IndieFranchiseLaw.com. I think you'll find a lot of valuable and free information as you continue to kind of weigh franchising and licensing and the growth of your business. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy today's episode. On today's episode of Franchise Euphoria, I've got Tim Kahn, who is the co-founder and CEO of Image One Facility Solutions, which is a commercial cleaning franchise. Tim was a high schooler in the Chicago suburbs who wanted to buy a car. He began cleaning his parents' office building at 14 years of age. And by the time he graduated, he built his own small commercial cleaning company with three employees servicing several clients across the Chicagoland area. What really spurred his growth was joining a networking group. Even as a teenager, he learned that networking and building relationships was the key to business success. After working in Chicago suburbs for more than a decade, an area developer for a janitorial franchise reached out to him to partner with him. They partnered and along the way realized they could build a better cleaning franchise, one that didn't have area developers as middlemen, one that taught franchisees how to connect with clients to harness the sales process, and one that put an emphasis on customer care. Tim is adamant that Image One is a customer service company not a cleaning company. And Tim's also got a book. He's got a book called No New Ideas, which is an Amazon bestseller. We had such an interesting conversation about the business that we never really got to the book. So I wanted to mention that here in the introduction. Uh, no New Ideas is a book all about different franchising opportunities with different businesses and how to turn them into franchises and what to think about and contemplate and so forth. So definitely check that book out on Amazon, No New ideas, and without further ado, I hope you enjoy this interview with Tim as much as I did. Hello, Tim. Welcome to Franchise Euphoria. How you doing? Doing great. How are you? Great. Looking forward to learning all about Image One Facility Solutions, a uh, commercial cleaning franchise. But uh, before we dive in to the actual franchise model. Tell us about yourself a little bit.
1: Oh, there's a, a lot to tell. So, <laughs> Well, then take as much time as you need. <laughs> so uh, I started my cleaning company when I was uh, 14 years old, and then uh, 20 years later, started franchising. Now we run Image One Facility Solutions as a franchise company based out of Chicago. So that's that's the super quick and short.
0: <laughs> so 14, that was just a few years ago, huh? Uh,
1: 35 years ago. <laughs>
0: Was this just something you did as a kid, you know, helping in neighbors' houses? Or how, how did you how did you start cleaning at 14?
1: So my parents owned a uh, commercial office building. It was a multi-tenant building. Uh, you know, it was a, around the age of, I was in high school and I was like, you know, I'm going to want to get a car soon. And my parents were always in business for themselves and they were of the mindset, if you want something, you have to work for it. So I knew they weren't going to buy me a car. So I figured, all right, I had, you know, a year and a half to save enough money to buy a car. And I asked them, I said, hey, can I clean your office building? And they said, Sure.
0: What did the tenants think when they saw this little fourteen year old kid walking around with you know lysol and cleaning solution?
1: <laughs> well the the uh, the reality is most of the work is done after hours, so many of them maybe didn't know. but uh, <laughs> but i got I got to know a lot of them over the years, and uh, most of them had a lot of respect for me. Because, you know, instead of most kids that age have no interest in working at all, much less owning their own business. And, uh, you know, shortly after I turned 16, then I went out, started growing the business. I, I didn't want to sit back and just clean, uh, you know, my parents' office building. I wanted to go out and really grow a business that, that would support a lifestyle for me at that point.
0: So what'd you do I mean, at 16? I mean, at the, ripe, at the ripe old age of 16, you now realized it's better to have other people do the cleaning instead of just you.
1: Yeah, right. That's exactly it. Absolutely. So yeah, I started, uh, I went, you know, walk door to door in strip shopping centers, strip malls, and uh, did some window washing. And uh, when I was doing that, uh, there, there were two stores that were side by side, and the women that owned each of those stores, one of them was a shipping type store. It wasn't one of the major brands that's around now. She was an independent way before the, the franchises got into those stores. And uh, the other one was a sign shop. And both of them, they said, Tim, you want to, if you really want to grow your business, you got to come back. You know, one night this week, we're having a networking event. And I was like, what's a networking event? <laughs> it, it, it didn't mean anything to me. I was just a kid. But they explained to me, and it's where business people get together and you know, talk about leads for each other and help each other grow their business and help each other in sales. And I thought, oh, that sounds, sounds great. So I went and um, made some, some good contacts there and actually started cleaning for AT&T phone stores. That, that was a big deal. Yeah, because there's a lot of them, right, at the time. There were. There were. Well, at the, at the time, these weren't cell phone stores. These were landline stores, which they, yeah. they ended up closing them all. It was a totally different model. But uh, there, were, there were about 10 of them in Chicago, and I think over... A period of time, we were doing seven or eight of the ten stores in Chicago. You know, they started to fall like dominoes. You know, when the word got around, hey, there's this young kid that does a great job, reasonable pricing. You know, we, we started picking them all up, and that was great. And then um, again, just continued to grow the business through high school, through college, and um, decided after college there was no reason to do anything else. You know, I had a, a good thriving business going. Then it, you know, the, the whole concept of franchising came up. How'd that come up? So I, I got a letter in the mail from someone that was buying a master franchise and was looking for someone to partner in the Chicago market. And I didn't know a lot about franchising. I knew they were out there, um, but I didn't understand it really. Um, so I went and I met with him. And um, we did a 10-year agreement as a master franchise selling unit franchises in Chicago. And at the end of those those 10 years, we'd grown up a pretty good-sized uh, business in the Chicago market. And there were things, though... Um, that I thought, you know, we can do things just a little bit differently and a little bit better. And so when that franchise agreement with the, the national company expired, uh, that's when Image One was born. You know, we, we started to, to franchise in the janitorial industry a little bit differently than, than what uh, most of the competitors do in our industry.
0: So talk about that. I mean, talk about the business as it was, and then the business as you sort of envisioned it and the differentiators.
1: Sure. So all the major players in our industry – um, are set up the same way. They all sell master franchises into a market, and then those masters sell units. So it's kind of a two-tier uh, franchise system. So the master franchise is a franchisee of the main franchisor, but they're the franchisor to sell a unit in that market.
0: And for those who like, for those who don't understand that, it's a sub-franchisor system, right? And so basically, you have the franchisor company, and then they typically bring in a group or some sort of buying entity that buys the rights to a whole area. And then they go and find franchisees for that area and they sign contracts with them and so forth. And essentially there's money that flows, you know, to the sub-franchisor and then up to the franchisor company, right?
1: Correct. That's exactly the way it works. So that revenue is then kind of split from the master franchise up to the the franchisor. That system to me, it it just, it doesn't work well. Um, because all the janitorial franchises that are out there, they all operate the same way where the, that master franchise will get the, the clients and really manage the business, uh, manage the clients on behalf of the unit franchise owner. And they don't, the unit franchisee typically doesn't do much sales. They don't really have any control over pricing or any of that. And I saw that as a problem. Um, And and that was why we said, you know, we're going to do something completely different. And so we talked with our franchise attorney and came up with a a completely different method of operating where it really works more like a traditional franchise. Because any other franchise that you buy, typically you're the one that's in, in charge of generating revenue and growing that business. Sure. And with most of the janitorial franchises, that's not the case. And so we wanted to do that and go more the traditional route in franchising. So we train all of our franchise owners in sales. We train them all in operations. We developed a whole suite of software um, that the franchise owners are able to run on their iPad to be able to do bidding and estimating and customer management and uh, manage their their crews and uh, communication. We had it all built into one one platform um, so that there would be something that would really be significant that would set us apart from all the other players. Well,
0: that's really astute of you because you're exactly right. I mean, most of the commercial janitorial franchises do operate under a sub-franchisor type model. And what it really sounds like is you realize that if you go under a more traditional model and you provide more support, that you have a chance to more directly impact and have happy franchisees and grow from from that perspective. I mean, that's what it really sounds like because a lot of your support that you're talking about with the proprietary software and the training and all that, I mean, that's very different. My understanding, and I have some knowledge working with some different commercial janitorial businesses, is that a lot of them that they provide, you know, equipment and they provide some know-how and they provide some other things. But at the end of the day, what you're talking about is really helping them with the bedrock principles of what it takes to grow the underlying franchise business.
1: Exactly. And that's what it's all about. So, you know, we, we sit down with our franchise owners and, you know, ask them, you know, where is it that they want to go? What is it they want to accomplish? How big do they want to grow their business? And and then we work with them to help them get to that level, whatever that might be.
0: Did you start by filling out or trying to fill out the Chicago market or the Illinois market?
1: Yeah, so the Chicago market is you know where we got our start with with the other company. So we really had a good a good stronghold in the Chicago market. We decided after we really had it well developed that then we would start expanding out. Um, so we really just started our expansion to to go nationwide. Uh, it's an exciting time for us. We've got franchisees in Southwest Florida, in Orlando, Florida, in Cincinnati, in Detroit. Denver and Dallas. There's not a lot that are, are out there across the country yet. You know, We're really just starting to get into that and really grow that model.
0: Who are you looking for? I mean, who, who's an ideal franchisee? What kind of characteristics do they bring to the table?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And it's, it's such a diverse demographic that we have right now. But the, the one thing that I can say that's most important is someone that has a, a strong customer service background or a strong sales background, because those are the two things that you really need. So you have to have at least one or the other, and then you can hire to your weakness to get the other one. Um, And the reason I say customer service, yeah, we're in the cleaning business, but it's really the customer service business. Because it's not like there's never going to be a problem with the cleaning. There is. It's, It's just, that's just the nature of of the business. You know, garbage can is going to get missed or something crazy might happen and something doesn't get done properly, but it's all about customer service and managing those issues. Um, Having good communication with your clients. That's really what, what sets apart a a really good, solid franchisee. Honestly, I think in any service industry, not just in cleaning.
0: But part of it is too, is understanding, you know, what is it that the franchisees are going to get out of it? I mean, in your type of model, it's, it's, it's all commercial, right? There's no residential component to it. Yeah, we don't do any residential. So it's all it's all commercial. Yes, is the idea that a franchisee is going to come in and build out a team to then go and do the cleaning? I mean, is this something where you know the franchisee is is ideally going to build out a team, or just uh, does it just depend on the type of franchisee who you're bringing in?
1: It depends on the franchisee. You know, we've got our largest franchise owner um, in 2019. He, he, he broke the million dollar mark. That's a really good business. And obviously yeah. he's got a lot of people that are out there cleaning at night. Um, I don't think he does any cleaning anymore. Or if he does, it's, it's rare. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, he focuses on sales and operations and uh, managing his client base. Um, but then there's other franchise owners that are small and they do the cleaning themselves because that's all they're looking for. Uh, they don't want to have a whole bunch of employees. They just wanted to be in business for themselves, and um, and they run a, a business where it, it generates a very nice income for them. But they're going out in the evenings and they're taking care of the cleaning. And if that's what they want, you know, we won't tell them not to do that. But you know, what we're really looking for is the guys that want to grow it to to a large, a larger business, um, like the one that I mentioned, where it's you know it's a truly a, a, a substantial business where they've got a lot of employees and um, you know they're managing the business, not working in the business because we're not looking for, you know, people that want to do the cleaning themselves necessarily. We're looking for people that want to run a business that happens to be cleaning.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's interesting, you know, so many people have different interpretations and thoughts about franchising, but as as you just said, and I think as you and I both know, I mean, the people who are ultimately going to be happiest are the people who can come in there and sure they're going to have to start out doing everything. But once they grow and bring other people on, that's the real way for them to capitalize on the investment.
1: Absolutely, and 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 they have to have an exit strategy. And I think a lot of franchise owners in in any of the industries that are franchised often don't think about that. Um, You know, they're they're just looking at, hey, I've got this business, and if they're directly involved doing the day to day cleaning, then they really don't have a a, an asset that's marketable that they can sell when they want to exit. Whereas if they grow a nice business, and they're just running it now. They've got a marketable asset that they can turn around and sell. Take their profits and either go in and start another new business, or you know, go and retire and um, you know find some place where it's it's warm year that they that they want to uh, go and lay on the beach. So I want to talk
0: a minute or two on. Um... Covid, which you know, typically when I'm talking with people now on Covid, it's sort of you know how have you adapted to all the changes that have negatively impact a business. Now in your case, it sort of strikes me that you know in the cleaning business for commercial buildings, I imagine the business has picked up. I I, I don't know. I mean, I I guess I'd, I'd ask you how's that been for you. I mean,
1: yeah. So that, that's. It's a great question, and I feel bad sometimes talking about it. <laughs> Telling people that, yeah, our franchise owners are doing really well in this time, uh, because a lot of them are. Um, not all of them. You know, some some that had their focus, where their primary focus of the, the clients that they serviced were in hospitality. If they're doing restaurants or bars, movie theaters, bowling alleys, those things closed, and a lot of places they haven't reopened. Those franchise owners are struggling. But the franchise owners... Who were cleaning essential businesses, those businesses never closed. So if they were cleaning doctor's offices and things like that, that still needed to be cleaned, they still need to be cleaned or manufacturing uh, locations. Those still needed to be cleaned. And one of the things that we did very early on in COVID, um, when we first started hearing about it, I immediately ordered uh, some electrostatic sprayers, um, which have been around for years and years and years, but we never had a need for them. And when I saw this all coming, I was like, you know, this might be the right time to to get this equipment. And uh, I ordered a few for uh, a few of our larger franchise owners, got them in their hands, and when I went back two weeks to order more, they were on back order 12 to 16 weeks. Um, So I was glad that I I had the foresight to order them ahead of time, um, because that was something that our franchise owners were able to pivot and do a lot of uh, electrostatic spraying that was either COVID preventative or post-COVID exposure, um, and they're still doing that. Several of them across the country are, are, are doing a lot of preventative sprays, uh, which helps other businesses to be able to o- reopen or stay open um, and help their clientele and their staff feel more secure and more safe in the office or in the restaurant or whatever it is that they're walking into.
0: You know, so much of being a franchisor is being part of that business and helping those franchisees along the way, being, you know, in a leadership position to help you know, drive the franchise business where it's going, you know, the overall business where it's going. I'm curious with some of the people who aren't doing as well in in your model, what, what are some of the things that you've looked to do? What are some of the creative ways that you've looked to address COVID as it continues on now, especially in Illinois through the winter months?
1: Yeah. And you know, at this time of year, it's we're getting into cold and flu season. And so I think everybody's going to be concerned the minute they have a sniffle or a tickle in their throat or if they have a slight fever, they're going to think they have COVID. So it's really going to be a difficult situation. Um, so I, again, I think that's why that preventative spring is huge. And, and it's so important to, to get that done so that businesses are, are knowing that they're doing everything that they can to protect their clients and protect their staff. But our franchise owners that um, that are still struggling, like the, the ones that clean movie theaters, movie theaters still haven't reopened. And so, so that's a challenge for them. So, you know, we, we told them, look, you need to, redirect your focus even though you were very successful cleaning movie theaters you need to look at general offices you need to look at car dealers you need to look at um common areas of apartment complexes condominium kind of associations things like that so that's what they've done they've kind of just adjusted their business into into facilities that that are more essential that are going to be uh open regardless of what's happening and that's that's been well received and, and they've had success in kind of making that transition
0: you know so many businesses think about franchising, and you've gone through it now, um, and you've gone through it in a pretty methodical way, it sounds like. I mean, you've worked in the business a long time, and then you figured out a model, differentiators. You did all the things that you, know, you would hope people would do uh, before turning into a franchise. I'm just curious, what would be your recommendation or your thoughts for folks who are thinking about franchising their business? Obviously, it's particular to to what the business is, but just in general, just in terms of the model of going to that model. I always love to hear from people who have actually done it um, because you're in a unique position to comment on it.
1: Well, it's funny that you ask because on Wednesday, I've got a phone call with uh, a friend who's in the cleaning industry and he's he said, you know, he goes, I was thinking about franchising and I, you know, I want to know more about it. So <laughs> so this is, this is a good uh, trial run for that conversation with him. <laughs> and the, the one thing that that I think most people don't realize is the minute you franchise your business, you're not in your business anymore. So if you if you have a pizza place and it's very successful and you franchise it, you're not a pizza business anymore. Now you're a franchise business.
0: Now explain that because that is so important. When I talk to my clients, I say the same exact thing. And a lot of them are like, I don't know what you mean by that until they actually start doing it. And they're like, you know, six months, a year, year and a half. in, they're like, now I realize. So what you're saying, I I think what you're saying is, is basically instead of now having to worry about your one location, you have to worry about an overall system, an overall brand expansion. I mean,
1: all those things, right? Correct. And it's, it's you are you have to focus now on supporting your franchisees so that they can be successful in the business that you were successful in. And having the the, the industry experience is is huge. That's you, you can't just start into a, a franchise without the industry experience and know exactly what you're doing. So you have to you know come from having a, a single location that you did very well or expanding it to you know, three or four or five and then deciding the franchise. Um, but once you do that, now your whole business is a support structure for those franchises that you sell because that's that's what they, that's what they're they're buying into a system they're buying into your brand they're buying into all the things that, all the mistakes that you've made learning so they don't have to make those mistakes um, and so that's why I say it's, it's it's a completely different business that you're in and and I think that's a hard adjustment for um, for a lot of people because uh, they don't realize. They're not making a pizza anymore. They're not cleaning offices anymore. now they're they're a franchise system, and they need to support their franchise owners and it's it's a completely different mindset
0: and, and sort of as a final question on this, when somebody's thinking about franchising and they're learning about it, you know oftentimes it's they learn about it because customers come in and say, "Hey, do you have any other locations? you ever thought about franchising and the light bulb goes off and you know their head, oh, maybe I should think about that." But a question and something that runs, I think, through a lot of people's mind is when's a good time? for business to then follow through and actually franchise? I mean, you know, at what point in time do you give it serious thought?
1: So there's a a saying, and I don't know where it came from, that the best time to plant an oak tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. (laughs) So, you know, if if you want the shade from the oak tree, you needed to do it 20 years ago. And, and I, you know, I, I think the same holds true in business. The best time to do anything was a long time ago because now you'd have what you want today. Um, but if, if you start it today, it's going to take 10, 15, 20 years to build the successful model that you want, You know, unless it's something that's just so unique that everybody wants it and, and it's an overnight success. And there are some of those that are out there. But in most cases, yeah, you have to have a good, stable business that you're already running, um, that you know is secure, that you know you've got the... Um, the wherewithal to keep that running and operating while you're making the investment, because it can be a large investment between getting your FDD written and uh, all the operations manuals and all those things done. It can be very expensive. Um, so you have to be able to be in a financial position that you can do all that at the same time, not letting the, your original business suffer and creating this new business. So it, there's a lot of challenges to it. But uh, you know, if someone is really seriously contemplating it, I think it's great. They just need to know, like you said earlier, what, what differentiates you? What is it that's going to make you different? You know, if, Again, if, if we're talking about cleaning or we're talking about pizza or we're talking about a sandwich shop, you know, there's so many of all those things that are out there. What's going to make yours so much different that someone's going to want to buy a franchise for it or that those franchisees are going to be able to, to bring customers in to purchase that product or that service?
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I I, hit on this a lot on, on this uh, podcast and then in general, and that is, you know, the one, first question is, is it a franchisable concept, right, if it's in some sort of unique industry? The next one is, you know, if they come with a restaurant, they come with a cleaning service, whatever. Yes, it's franchisable. But the question is, what is the ongoing long-term value that you can provide? To your franchisees because it's it's sort of a given, you know. If if you're selling a model to somebody, there's inherent value there at the start. You know, they're going to learn how to run the business, they're going to learn those things. But at a certain point, they're going to learn how to do it. And so the question is, what's the long-term value that you as a franchise or are providing two, three, four, 10 years down the road so that they don't think to themselves, why am I continuing to pay this royalty and not getting anything new for it? And that, to me, establishes the differentiator. That, to me, establishes what makes it unique and what makes it ultimately valuable. And I'm just amazed, Tim, at the number of businesses that don't think that far out. And what happens is they grow uh, because maybe they have a good sales team. Maybe they've hired on a good sales team to bring on franchisees. And then two to three years down the road, the franchisees are going, "Okay, well, now I know how to do this business. What else are you providing to me? (laughs) So I I think it's something, definitely something that... uh, that franchisors need to think about thank you so much for coming on and sharing a little bit about image one facility solutions if anybody wants to learn more about image one you can go to image one that's image one and it's spelled out one it's not the number so it's image one franchise.com thanks so much tim and i and i wish you uh, continued success it sounds like you're on a on a good path and on a good trajectory and thanks for coming on and uh, sharing your thoughts for a few minutes
1: Thank you I appreciate the uh, the opportunity it was great to uh, to be here
0: Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Franchise Euphoria. If you enjoyed this episode or have enjoyed the podcast in general, I would really appreciate it if you could go to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. It really helps to get this podcast out to more and more people. So the easy way to do it is go to iTunes and in the search box, put in Franchise Euphoria. You will then see my cover art if you click on my smiling face that says Franchise Euphoria. And then click on the link that says Ratings and Reviews. It's that simple, but boy, oh boy, does it mean the world to me when people leave ratings and reviews. And like I said, it really helps get the show out there. Once again, would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave a rating and review if you enjoyed this episode or other episodes of the show. And until the next time, happy franchising.